You're listening to the Elevate Your Eight podcast, the easily digestible lifestyle show that empowers you to live your happiest, most productive life so you can achieve time freedom. Productivity is just a matter of simple mathematics and prioritization. Honor your work-life balance by working only eight hours a day. Honor your health and wellness by sleeping eight hours every night. Once you figure that out, the rest is gravy. Or Jolly Ranchers if ever you prefer. If you're ready for a healthy helping of life-changing wisdom with a side of quirkiness, you're in the right place. Here's your host, Dairy Free, Karaoke Crazy, Future 200 Breaststroke National Champion, Chris McPeak. Welcome once again to another episode of the Elevate Your Eight podcast. I'm your host, Chris McPeak, and my guest today is Krista Grasso from the Lean Out Method. And Krista, thank you so much for coming online with me today. Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited to have you. So let's just do a little bit of background. Um, tell us what you do, where you're from, and, uh, and why you're here today. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Connecticut. I live in the middle of the woods on a dirt road. It's quite nice and peaceful. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I'm the founder of the Lean Out Method. Um, It's a method that I created to really help people build sustainable success in their business. So learn how to achieve more by doing less, which I'm here today just because I think it fits so nicely with your philosophy in so much of what you teach. I love it. Well, thank you for that. How did you get started with this business? Yeah. So I actually also own a jewelry brand. I have a global accessories brand. And back at the time that I had launched it, um, the market had shifted quite a bit in that space. And so what I quickly realized is I was doing way too much. Um, I was way overworked. I was way overwhelmed. I was seeing a lot of the other designers and people in my space burning out and a lot of them going out of business. Okay. And I had noticed that, you know, for over 20 years now, I've been consulting with Fortune 50 companies, and I've been helping them adopt a lean way of working. And so really just getting super clear on what those things are that are really important and that are really going to make a difference for the business and getting rid of everything else. Sure. And it just struck me, why was I not doing that in my own business? <laughs> and other business owners really should be doing the same. Um, and so, so many of the concepts and techniques that I teach are both, I mean, they're, they're designed specifically for business owners, but they're actually really relevant for life as well. And they kind of span beyond just business and can apply to absolutely anybody. I, I love that. And I, I love when you get that kind of crossover that's comfortable and makes sense. Um, my, my team and I at my day job just finished working with Allison Lewis from the seven minute life. And we did her Mm -hmm. six week time management class. And it's like the same thing, like the planner, I use it for both sides of, you know, what I do because every, it, it blurs together in a way that's comfortable, but not inappropriate. And so when those types of lessons come together and you can synchronize everything, I think that is really special because then you don't have to, I mean, you turn switches off, but you don't really turn them off. You just kind of segue cleanly. And I like that. Yeah, um, and I'm all about sustainable success. And I think that sustainable success, you have to balance both, whether it's a business or a career and your personal life. It's what are all those different facets of what's important to you? And if you're applying the same techniques to both, it makes it so much easier to sustain. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's dig into the lean out method then. What is it sure. all comprised of and how does it work? 
Yeah, absolutely. So lean out method, there's four different stages of it. Um, so the first pillar is context. And so I think it's so incredibly important, no matter what you're doing in life or in business, that you're really clear on where you want to go and why. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of starting with that end state and then basically designing the conditions um, and what you do to make it a reality. Nice. And so context is really where we get super clear on what's your overall vision, what's your vision for your business, for your life, for your customers, kind of what is that, that target state that you're working towards. Okay. And then we um, systematically just break that down into your goals, um, longer term and then near term. So what in the next 90 days specifically can you accomplish that'll take you closer to making that a reality? Um, and then from there, we move on to clarity and clarity is where you actually build out the steps and get really clear on what are the right things to be doing right now to make that happen. And most importantly, not only what are the right things to be doing, but what are the things you shouldn't be doing? Um, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's so much of what Lean Out Method is about, is figuring out what those right things are and then eliminating anything else. Because that's how people get overworked and overwhelmed, mm -hmm. is they're taking too much on. And if you know where you're going and why it's important, and then you know what you should be focused on right now in the near term, it makes it really easy to know which things to say no to and which things to consider saying yes to. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, then we move on to commitment. So once you know what you're going to do, go all in and make it happen. And that includes pushing yourself when you hit the mindset blocks and all the challenges and things get thrown your way because they will get thrown your way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then finally, Kaizen. Um, and Kaizen is a lean concept that's all about making small, continuous improvements. So it's just constantly reflecting and looking at how you can be just like even 1% better, just a little bit uh, better, more improvements that you can make so that you're constantly leveling up. Kaizen? Is that, mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute. Is that a, is that a special word that you invented or am I like <laughs> missing out on a dictionary? <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a lean word. It's a Japanese word. Oh, um, okay. Perfect. How do you yep. spell it? <laughs> so embarrassed. K-A-I-Z-E-N. Okay. Got it. Got it. Four pillars. Three of them are C's. One of them is a K, technically speaking. And that just makes me laugh because now I'm thinking of the movie, The Sunshine Boys and the scene where he talks about the things in with a K in it are funny. So um, tomatoes are not funny. Uh, anyway, um, totally digress there. So context, clarity, commitment, and Kaizen. Mm -hmm. And obviously you have to start at the beginning and work your way towards the end. So I had two questions. When you're working with clients or you're consulting, like how do you get people started? Is there a particular procedure like visualization or you do an audit, anything like that? Like how do you run them through to get them in that beginning phase? Yeah. And so I work with, you know, people in all sorts of different stages of business and it does not matter where they are at. We always start in the same place, which is what is your vision? Right. Um, and it's not only what is the vision. A lot of people, um, don't do what I consider or in call a next level vision, which is where they're actually thinking of the three facets of what I think is so important. It's your business and where you see that in the future, but it's your life and lifestyle as well. So what yes. sort of business do you want to have? What sort of lifestyle do you want to have? Are you architecting a business that doesn't fit your target lifestyle? Um, and then your customer, because without customers, you don't have a business. That's and I right. find so many people in their vision aren't thinking about their customers. And so I think it's so important that just like if you're architecting a vision for, you know, yourself, you're thinking of your family and you're thinking of those other people who are players in that. Well, when you own a business, you have to be thinking about your customers. So we start there. 
And what we usually do is just get really super clear again on what they're doing and where they're going within those three facets. And then we look at, are the things you're doing today actually moving you closer to that or not? And from there, we devise a plan and actually look at, well, how can we make sure that you're taking the right strategic actions to make sure that you're going to make that vision and your goals a reality? Um, and we look at where we can lean out and make some changes as well as where they need to um, do some strategic planning and do those commitments. So that's the general approach that I take regardless of where somebody is at on their own business journey. Got it. And I, I imagine that um, the commitment part, the the getting through the roadblocks. Um, like, is there a particular technique that you use to get? Because for me, that's the big thing. It's like I get to that place and then, oh, here, I just put my hand in front of the camera. Um, that, that's like the big stop sign that absolutely positively says, no, you can't, you can't go further than here. You've reached the end. And so what's the, how do you break that? How do you get rid of that stop sign? So I, I do have a process. I, I will not swear. So you can you can fill in the blank in your head, but it's the effort list. Nice. So you, you can figure out what that <laughs> translates into. Um, but it's something that I noticed, right, that was consistent in all of the clients that I'm working with. And it comes up even in like C-suite execs in these big, huge, multi-billion dollar companies. It's not yeah. just small business owners um, who run into this. And so everybody hits those mindset um, challenges and just those limiting beliefs. And we tend to get in our own way much more than external factors do. Yep. And absolutely. so <laughs> it's so true. And so I created the effort list basically as a way to get people to take something that's very serious and something that they've been dealing with sometimes for their whole life um, and try to systemically kind of work through those, have a little bit of fun with it, acknowledge that it's actually a challenge, and then try to move through those. And the thing is, as you level up in life, in business, you hit new mindset challenges. Mm -hmm. It's not like you ever have a point in time that you have no challenges. You just experience newer, more advanced ones as you level up. And so it just gives people a great tool and technique that they can use to identify what those things are and then start to just make some improvements on them and actually work through them. That's super cool. And now I'm thinking that you're probably really good at getting people to get out of shiny object syndrome. Like, oh, yeah. I want <laughs> to do all of the things. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about your structure or strategy for growing a business or working a day job without overwork and overwhelm. So how might you structure your day so that you can leave at five o'clock and, and go do fun things? Yeah, absolutely. So I developed another technique. I call this one the time pie. Um, so think of a pie chart. <laughs> okay. And so what it is is, a, once you have that vision and your goals, so you know what's important and what's important right now, then I think you need to design your day and your life around it. And so the time pie is basically what are those things that are important to you? You have your business or your career or your job, whatever that is. You have family, you have friends, you have fun, you have whatever your categories are. Everybody's are different. But I think that you need to look at that and really honestly say, how much time do I want to allocate to this on what I would consider one of my working days? Mm -hmm. And how much time do I want to allocate it um, on one of my days I'd consider a non-work day? So yeah. a lot of people, it's weekends. Other people, it's not. Um, and you just have to get really intentional with your time and you have to set those boundaries and really protect them. Because what I find so many people do is they have their list of things to do. 
it's an like never ending list of things to do. And they just work until exhaustion. They just work through the list. They know they're never going to finish everything yeah. and they work until either the day ends or they're so exhausted. They can't work anymore. Yep. And what you need to do is start with the, the container. You have to say, I have eight hours today to work. Mm-hmm. What's the most important things that I can get done? Yes. <laughs> right. And what are the things? And if you have eight hours, you don't plan for eight hours. You plan for five because right. the reality is things come up, things take longer. Um, and so you would say, what are the five hours of things that I would need to get done today that are the most important that will take me closer to my goals and that vision that I have? And that's how you've got to do it. Want to learn the secrets, tips, and tricks to a more organized and productive you? Of course you do. That's why you listen to this show. If you go to chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate, I'm going to give you something for free that's going to make your life easier now. This is my free guide, top 22 ways to 10 times your productivity, have more energy, get more done, and elevate your age. In it, you will learn incredible tips and tricks such as how to maximize your commute, change your scenery, control your calendar, and delegate, delegate, delegate. Get instant access to these secrets and more right now by going to chrismcpeak.com forward slash elevate. That's K-R-I-S-M-C-P-E-A-K.com forward slash elevate. Now let's get back to this awesome show. And do people, do you have people actually use a chart and they write stuff down in it and fill in the, fill in the gaps? I love that. So that's making me think of the whole exercise that I did to start Elevate Your Eight in the first place. And it was this um, activity that I did when I was a residence life coordinator, like more than 20 years ago. And we had these clocks that represented blocks of time. So you would write down on this piece of paper, everything that you do within the framework of a day. Um, and then you, you spend uh, your clocks with your time blocks on it. So it's like already, I know I'm going to sleep eight hours a night. So times Mm -hmm. seven, that's 56. So I got to count out 56 hours and put that in that slot. And I love using that, um, game. It really is a game. I love using that because what people find out is either they have way, way more time than they thought that they did and they just waste a lot of it or they're overextended and they have to, as you would say, they have to lean out um, and pull those things away. And I, so I imagine when you're working with folks, you definitely go into um, prioritization and the feels like, you know, you, you might want to do this on number six, but you've got no like feeling to it. So it's not important and you're never going to do it anyway. So let's F it, that one out, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I have a technique that I go through uh, with people that's called the passion profit value matrix. Ooh, I like that. Do, yeah. You want to make sure it's something that you're super passionate about. It's very profitable for your business and it's providing maximum value for your customers. And if you're kind of missing one of the legs of that three-legged stool, which sometimes it is, it's not worth something to invest your time in or you need to reimagine it in such a way yeah. that it's providing all three of those things. And the stool is going to fall over and you're going to be on your ass. So mm-hmm. there you go. See, it's practical too. <laughs> um <laughs> Okay. I got all excited when I read about the hustle hamster wheel. So I want to know what that is, how I might get stuck on it and how I get the F off of it. Exactly. So hustle hamster wheel is what I describe as a lot of that entrepreneur mindset, where when you start a business or when you start anything new, 
what do you tend to do, right? You're in a place where you're trying to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And part of figuring things out is you tend to say yes to everything yep. because you're not really sure what's going to work. So you're like, yeah, I'll try that. Sure, I'll do that. That sounds interesting. Yeah, 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 right? Yes, yes, yes yep. to everything. You tend to not put boundaries in place. You tend to say, sure, I'll work an extra hour tonight. That sounds interesting. I'll give up my weekend to do that. And so you end up inadvertently on what I call the hustle hamster wheel, where you condition yourself to work that way. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's, it's not sustainable, right? When you want sustainable success, you do have to get that balance between business and life, and you can't burn yourself out. You need to build something that is sustainable. And so what I always tell people is it's fine to say yes to a lot of things and experiment when you're in what I call the emerging stage and other people call the startup stage. Right. You're, you're trying to learn something. You're trying to find your product market fit in that thing that works. And that's okay. You may even work more then. And that can be okay too. But A, make sure you're doing that very intentionally. Um, and B, it is not a permanent pace. Right. <laughs> it is something that you're doing point in time with a very specific outcome. And that outcome is as quickly as possible to find product market fit. And once you do, you need to lean out <laughs> um, and you need to get back to your time pie and just getting very intentional in absolutely everything that you do. And you can't keep saying yes to things. You need to run it through the filter of, is it the right thing? Does it align to my business? And is it the right thing right now? Does it align to my near-term goals? Yeah. And that's just so important. So that's what I call the hustle hamster wheel. And I think for any bit of sustainable success, you do have to get off of that um, and look at, you know, what are those things that are most important right now that I should be focused on and just really unapologetically say no to everything else. Yeah. So I want to dig further into the hustle hamster wheel because I have a theory about this. Um, so do you, do you find that there's any sort of generational connection to that? And, and I don't know if you work with baby boomers at all, but um, at least my, my thought process is that um, the boomers is the generation that put us in that whole like, you know, workaholic and don't stop till the job is done and loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. And then the Gen Xers came along and were like, yeah, no, I need a vacation and, and I don't want to work all day long and stuff like that. So when you talk about that hamster wheel, I get, I'm picturing a previous boss that I had who still would have been stuck on that wheel if he hadn't retired. But, and then I, I can see him like trying to pull me on it and me going, no, I don't want to get on the wheel. So I was curious as to whether you felt that was um, a generational thing or is it something that's related to another way that people approach their business? I think in some cases it could definitely be generational. In other cases, it's more individual and upbringing and just, you know, conditioning. But one of the things I'll say, because you did raise something that's so important. So for your listeners who have jobs and who work for somebody else or who work for a small business owner, make sure that your work style and what you value aligns with theirs. Because if you have somebody who's the hustle hamster wheel person and you are not the hustle hamster wheel person, which I hope you're not, it's yeah. not going to be a good fit. They're yeah. going to say, why aren't you doing more? You're not working hard enough. You should be coming in on the weekends or working on the weekends. And you're saying, no, no, my personal space and self-care is super important to me. And right. so you need those two to connect. And if you do work for somebody else, or even if you have a business and you're bringing team members on, make sure that it's a good fit and a good match because that's your recipe for success. Okay, so I, clearly I missed that um, 
I missed that cue in my interview, which was, by the way, a day-long interview plus dinner the night before and dinner the day of. Um, higher education just has a tendency to do that, especially for uh, housing positions. Um, okay, so I, for that last housing job I had, I missed I missed the cue on that um, to not pick up that that my boss was one of those people. So for somebody that has defined themselves already, like I'm going to work my eight hours a day, I'm going to do my elevate my eight philosophy. Um, but I'm looking for a different job because the job I'm in has, you know, I've, I've moved up as far as I can there and I need to do something different. So what do you look for during an interview that's going to tell you if, um, if the culture that you're going into is a culture like that, that's going to keep you on that wheel? Yeah. And so I always, sometimes if you really need a job, it's like, you're almost willing to take anything. And so So I always recommend if you want something, try to look for something before you really need it so you can make really smart decisions. Um, But usually when back in the day, when I was in, in jobs, I was more interviewing them than they were interviewing me. And I'd be asking and I'd be like, so tell me about the team. Tell me about the team dynamic. You know, do you guys tend to work a lot? Do you do stuff together on the weekends? Does the team get together? Is it a collaborative type of environment? Do people tend to work more individually? And so if you just start to ask some of those questions, you can start to paint a picture of what the work environment is like. And usually the answers that you'll find is, well, we all tend to kind of do our own thing and people kind of come and go as it makes sense. Or yeah, no, we're all here all the time. Um, The team does everything together. After work, we do happy hour and then we work more. And so (laughs) usually you can get hints at what that's going to be like just by asking almost casual, like, tell me about the culture here. Tell me about Mm -hmm. the environment. Tell me about the team. How do people work? And so you can ask it in such a way where it doesn't raise a red flag for the interviewer that, you know, you aren't going to be somebody who fits in well or or wants to work or, you know, anything like that. But it's just ask those probing culture, team dynamic related questions. And usually you can suss out what that's like. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Okay. So for people who might want to start a side business, whether or not they intend to keep their day job like me, or they want to move into, um, you know, starting their own thing and and letting that be their full, full way to, to make a living. um, How might somebody get started to start a small business? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I will say is just start, right? And so create your vision, kind of figure out where you want to go. Uh, And you're not going to have everything figured out, but just kind of directionally sort of know where you want to go. And then look at, and don't worry about having a perfect plan or anything like that, but look at your time pie and say, how much time can I carve out and allocate to this? Can I give it an hour a week? Can I give it an hour a day? Can I give it four hours a day? You just have to kind of figure out what does that look like? And then just start taking action um, within that time block that you've set. And you'll kind of figure the steps out as you go. But just getting started is a good thing to do. And when you're at that very early stage, Google is your best friend. I I am a fan of coaches and hiring coaches and working with coaches because they absolutely accelerate your results. I've gotten everywhere. I've gotten much quicker with coaches. And sometimes if you're just starting out, it is the right decision for a coach. But usually you can go through looking things up, Googling things, finding Facebook groups to participate in, doing some of that stuff in the very early days. And then once you start to get some traction and you figure out a little bit more where you want to actually take it, um, at that point in time, it's a really great investment to find a coach that fits your style, that can kind of help you actually get to that product market fit and then ultimately level up from there. 
Totally. Yeah, that's great advice. I think it's super important to find coaching of some kind or a mastermind of some kind, like find your tribe. Um, and the, the person that makes you feel, I think, the strongest about yourself is the way that you want to go. Um, very cool. Okay. You ready for some rapid fire? This is one of my, yes. my favorite yep. things. Okay. I don't have my list in front of me, so I'm kind of, I'm going, um, going to wing it. So Coke or Pepsi? Neither. I don't drink soda. I don't drink soda. Good girl. Um, red wine or white wine? Red all the way. Red's in. Um, donuts or cupcakes? Oh, um, we'll go with cupcakes. Good call. Would you rather go to the beach or would you rather go to the swimming pool? Swimming pool. Okay. Um, let's see. If you could only listen to one song for the rest of your life, what song would it be? Talk Dirty to Me by Poison. <laughs> nice. That's rad. I love it. Gotta love the 80s. Um, <laughs> yeah. Who, in your opinion, was the best Batman? Oh, God. I have no idea. That's okay. I, I don't know. People that don't, that aren't <laughs> um, okay. Let me think one more. I got to look at something in my room that will make me inspired. Okay. So iPhone or I'm sorry, iOS or Android? Uh, iOS. Okay. There we go. All right. That's rapid fire. Krista, where can everybody find you online, connect with you, follow you, appropriately stalk you, et cetera? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So my website is leanoutmethod.com. Um, that is a great place to go. For those of you who are business owners, I do have a private Facebook group. Just go to leanoutmethod.com slash group to, to get the link. And I do free training every single week and answer your questions on business and really help business owners try to build that sustainable success. Nice. Well, we have been talking to Krista Grasso of the Lean Out Method, and this has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for being on Elevate Your Eight today. Thanks so much for having me.